Hi there, welcome to Glenlyden Baptist Church's podcast network. We're glad you can join us today. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us on our website, www.gebc.org.nz. We hope you enjoy the pod. I went and visited uh, Shirley Watanabe this week. Now, many of you know her, some of you may not. Uh, Shirley's been in this church a long, long time. She's 96 years old um, and is about to turn 97. And uh, she can go down and touch the ground like this more times than I can do it. She's amazing. It's like fit and healthy. Um, But she had a fall a couple of weeks ago and she broke her hip. And so I went into hospital on Friday to visit her. Um, She looks well. Man, they must be feeding her some good food. I might want to go in there for a while. You know, like, she looks so well. She looked like she was maybe in her 60s and early 70s. That's how well she's looking. The nurses are getting her up to walk every day. Um, and so, you know, and she was a normal chirpy self. She's got all the marbles, and uh, she's as sharp as a tack. Everyone in that room knew who she was. And um, I'm just sitting having a conversation with her, and um, she says to me, she says, you will pray for me before you go, won't you? I said, of course I'll pray for you. You know, there's very few people in life that inspire me. She's someone who inspires me. And, um, and she said to me, she said, you know, after she said, will you pray for me? She said, you know, she says, every day I pray to Jesus. And Jesus is close to me. So close. And she goes like this. She says, sometimes I put my hands out and I go, Jesus, touch my hands. And she goes, oh, Carrie, I can feel Jesus touch my hands. I go, oh, wow. How amazing is it that at nearly 97 years of age, you can lie in a hospital bed with a broken hip and give testimony to prayer in your life. And the closeness and the presence of Jesus through prayer. She said, it's the one thing that's kept me going all my life. It's the ability to pray. Isn't that inspiring? Wow. um, (laughs) Stop me in my shoes, I can tell you that. You know, it reminded me, you know, last week we talked about how prayer is the underlying power to everything spiritual in your life. The lack of prayer will have consequences in your life. But then an active prayer life will give you power in your life. And we, we laid the foundation last week, if you remember. We started with, you know, if you want to have um, a powerful prayer life, you must have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You, you can't have a powerful prayer life without a relationship with Jesus. It starts there. Then out of that relationship with Jesus, your prayer life shows or is the marker of your devotion to God. And that stops us in our tracks right there, doesn't it? Your prayer life is the marker of your devotion to God. And when you live out of this relationship with Jesus, and, and your prayer life is this you know, solid devotion to God, then when you pray, you should expect a divine response to your prayer. You should expect that. 
And so we did that last week, but it left us in the room asking the question, which you all want answered. So do I. Have you ever asked yourself, why doesn't God answer my prayer? Why at times, God, does it appear that the person over there is getting all the answers they want, but over here, where I'm praying, it feels like you're silent. You're not the first person to have asked that question, by the way. You're not the first person to have asked God to intervene in a problem in your life. You're not the first person to ask for God to intervene into someone's life for healing or even to heal your life, only to be in that place going, God, you seem silent right now. Your answer seems silent. You know, God's silence has, well, you can be careful how I say this, devastated churches and personal faith. Sarah and I were in a church many years ago where there was um, a man who was in the worship team. He led a home group. Um, He was a very um, passionate Christian who developed the brain tumor. And as you would do and as you should do, the church gathered to pray. And they would pray around him most weeks. But then started coming the visions that people said God had given them about how they'd seen him healed. And they started prophesying this healing over his life. The problem was he died from his brain cancer. When that happens, it devastates a church. Because you're left asking the question, aren't you? Why didn't God answer that prayer? And sometimes it can devastate your personal faith, which it did for some people. It devastated them. There's, there's some possible answers to this. So it, we, we'll be drifting in and out of stuff as we go through this, but there's some possible answers. The first one might be this. God knows what's best for you and what would be good for you. God knows. Not only does he know what's best for you, but he knows when it's best for you. Yeah? <laughs> Secondly, there's so much we don't know. We, and we don't understand. We don't understand completely why some people are healed and some aren't. We, we don't know why some are spared from tragedy and, and some aren't. But what we are asked to do in these moments is to sit in a place where we trust We must trust God in these moments. Uh, Let me pin down a few understandings around this. When your prayer is unanswered, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've done something wrong. You may have done everything right. (laughs) When you're living in a relationship and you've devoted your life to Jesus you're a greater target for the enemy as well. And let's not forget this. 
that we live in a fallen world. You know the Genesis account of creation. You know that when God finished creating, the Trinity sat together and said, Oh, it's very good. But then Adam and Eve decided that they would disobey God. That they would make their own decisions apart from God. And so because of that, there's a brokenness in the world. The world is fallen and there's evil in the world. And so we live in this fallen world. We're even told in the Bible that there will be suffering in this world. And that we will share in the sufferings of Christ. And you go, but pastor, isn't it true that when I love Jesus and I pray to him, he's going to protect me and I'm going to be okay. I won't get the COVID. I won't get the cold if I pray to Jesus. That's dangerous. You know, listen to this. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10. The Apostle Paul, he says this. Paul says, In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Paul says, three times I pleaded, three times I prayed to God to take it away from me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, says Paul, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. Paul prays three times for relief. His example reminds us that whatever manner God answers our prayer, God always knows what's best for us. Trust God. Trust Him. There's a story of, and some of you will know this lady, Joni Erickson Tata. Um, if you don't know her, she is probably, she's one of those women who worldwide, from her Christian life and her lifestyle and devotion to Christ, has influenced millions upon millions upon millions of people for Christ. Joni became a quadriplegic when she was 17 years of age through a diving accident, hit her head, broke her spine. And even though she's a quadriplegic, she still lives out this Christian life, still influences people for Christ all over the world. And yet people have the audacity to come up to her and to say this, if you had more faith, you would be healed. I don't know what she said to that. We can pray, asking in faith and believing with all our hearts that God can heal us. But at times, He doesn't choose to heal in this life. Because he has a greater plan and purpose for our lives and sometimes for the illness or the thing that we're going through. You see, what the enemy means to harm us 
what the enemy would like to use as a stumbling block in our faith, God can turn around and redeem and use for his good and glory. For Joni, it could have been a stumbling block, but it wasn't. What we must remember is that God uses prayer to fulfill his purposes. I want to read to you, and I want you to listen really carefully. Uh, This is a story out of 2 Kings chapter 20. It's Hezekiah and his illness. I want you to listen for a couple of things. I want you to listen to what happens um, when Hezekiah prays. And I want you to listen for what God does in this situation. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says, Hezekiah. Put your house in order because you're going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people. This is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and the city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend the city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, Prepare a poultice of figs. And they did so and applied it to the boil on Hezekiah, and he recovered. Hezekiah had asked Isaiah, What will be the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I will go up to the temple of the Lord on the third day from now? Isaiah answered, This is the Lord's sign to you that the Lord will do what he has promised. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps or shall it go back ten steps? It is a simple matter for the shadow to go forward ten steps, said Hezekiah. Rather, have it go back ten steps. Now, I don't know if you're listening really carefully there. You might ask the question when you hear about that, does God change his mind when we pray? I, I think in this context, Hezekiah was always going to be healed. But somebody needed to pray. Somebody needed to pray. And then you see the other side of this where, you know, when we look at creation, when we look at the natural order of things, we observe it and we can make a, um, if you like, a, a, a system of how this works. So the sun comes up, the sun goes down. But we can never forget that God is the God of creation and he can do whatever he wants. He can change the order of things. He can make the day go backwards 10 steps. When we would say logically that can't happen, but God can. You see, we must remember that God uses prayer to fulfill His purpose, not ours. So then I want to ask the question, if we're wanting God to answer prayer, how do we come and how do we prepare ourselves for prayer? Very quickly, number one. 
Come thirsty. Come thirsty. Isaiah 43 3 says, I will pour water upon them that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. And then in the book of John, get back, get back, get back. John 13 to 15, this is where Jesus is with the Samaritan woman at the well. He says to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I will give them will come in them like a spring of water welling up to eternal life. When we come to pray, we must come thirsty. A full cup cannot be filled again. (laughs) In other words, if you're satisfied and comfortable with life, if you're comfortable with your job, you're comfortable with your home, comfortable with family and friends, you're just comfortable, everything's good, you're less likely to reach out to God because your cup is full. But we've got to come to God thirsty and hungry for Him. You can't receive in your spirit if you're not ready to receive. Are you thirsty for God? Number one, how do you prepare yourself for prayer? Come thirsty. Number two, come with a right heart. If you're cherishing sin in your heart and you refuse to give it up because sometimes there is sin that, you know, actually feels good. If you're not willing to give it up, if you're cherishing sin, then don't expect God to answer your prayer. It's like when your child, say your son, goes and beats up your sister or beats up your son and then comes straight to you and says, Hey, Daddy, can I have an ice cream? No way. First you go and sort that out. And let's sort that out. And it's the same. We can't come to God cherishing and harboring sin in our lives and not dealing with it, we've got to come with a right heart. Matthew 6, 14 to 15, this is a real wake-up call. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And here's the crunch. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. A right heart. You've got to be thirsty. You've got to have a right heart. You can't, if you're holding something against someone else, deal with it. You've got to come with a right heart. You won't be forgiven if you're not forgiving others. We need to do our part if God is going to work in our lives. Yeah? Here's the third thing pray without ceasing. One of the reasons that our prayers aren't answered is we just give up. We give up too soon. Sometimes it takes years of prayer. For my, my boys with their wives and the newly married couple are sitting right here today, Harry and Christine. Look at that. Is it one week? Two weeks now. Two weeks. Woo! <laughs> we prayed for years that our boys would meet great women, and they did. It takes years of prayer sometimes. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. 
God hears our prayers. Don't give up. Don't let temptation, don't let hard times, don't let trials, don't be discouraged. Don't let any of that stop you from praying. Continue to pray. The fourth one. Remember when you pray that it's His time and His will. Now this is what, something that surely impressed on me on Friday. When we were praying, and man, she would pray loud. The whole place would hear it. It was beautiful. But she'd always go, but God, not my will, but your will. I want your will to be done. And I say, surely I'm going to pray for your hip. And she said, good. She said, but let God's will be done. Let God's will be done. We must not expect that every answer to our prayer is yes and amen. Since we are sinners, we don't always ask what's best for us. Yeah. Sometimes his answer is no. Sometimes his answer is wait. But when we pray, we must continue to trust him. Regardless of what the answer is in that moment, we must trust him. You know the story of um, Abraham? God promised him a son, right? He was an old man. And his wife was old. And they hadn't had a son, but God had promised them a son and Abraham became impatient when Sarah didn't bear him a son, and so he took his wife's servant as his wife. Abraham tried to solve the problem in his own way, but the result was disastrous. And in some ways in the Middle East, we're still reaping some of that. But God eventually answered his prayer at the time when he saw it was right for Abraham. For God to give us what we ask for, we must ask according to his will. Faith cannot take place, the place of asking according to God's will. 1 John 5.14, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If you do not ask according to God's will, then it's not real faith in God. So we've got to come thirsty. We've got to come with the right heart. We've got to pray without ceasing. It's His time. It's His will. Two to go. When we pray, we must trust God. I've said it over and over. Trust God even when prayer doesn't seem to work. Trust Him. Even though it may seem like at the moment He's not near and He's abandoned you, trust Him. If we sincerely trust God, we will not be concerned with how God answers our prayer because we're still trusting Him. We must trust and wait and see if God in His timing and in His will sees fit to answer the request that we've given Him. Or perhaps He has something better in mind. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, you know this one, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. He's the one who will direct your paths. Yeah? And lastly, we must pray with the right motives. James 4, 3, you ask, but you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That you may spend what you get. On your pleasures. There are times when we think 
that it's the 24th of December and we've gone to the mall to see Santa. We want to sit on God's knee and say, God, I need this and I need that. We give him our wish list. And we think maybe that sometimes if I'm just good enough, I might receive that blessing and get what I've always wanted. There's Oswald Chambers. It was an old fellow. He brings up an interesting point when he says this. He says, whenever we insist that God should give us an answer to prayer, we've gone off track. The purpose of prayer is that we get hold of God, not the answer. Don't you love it? The purpose of prayer is that we get hold of God, not the answer. Jesus said it best in Matthew 6, 33, when he said, Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. Our first motive should be to seek God and His kingdom. We should want to get right up next to Jesus, shouldn't we? Just right up close to Him. So we can see His will and His way. That relationship with Jesus. The foundation to our prayer life. Get up. Snuggle up to Jesus. What's His will? What's His way? We need that relationship with God. It's built on love, not what he can do for us. After all, hasn't God already supplied us with everything we need when he gave his son to die for us? In one great move, God gave us life, he gave us hope, and he gave us a mission. He's given us the Spirit and His Word that sits with us and guides us and strengthens us and comforts us. He's given us everything we could ever want. So when we pray, we need to pray into His will and into His purposes. And no matter what the answer is, we need to trust God. So why doesn't God answer my prayers? Maybe we're asking the wrong thing. (laughs) Sometimes it's a mystery. But trust God. Trust God. Let's pray together. Father, I just want to say in some ways, um, it's good to sit in this place of mystery, of sometimes not having all the answers. And sometimes it's great to sit in a place of not even having our prayers answered because, Lord, sometimes when we reflect back on prayers that aren't answered, we might go, amen for not answering that one. Now I see it. it. I'm glad that didn't happen. Lord, you know so much more than we know. You're the Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end, you, you, you know the outcome and the journey that we are all on as your children. You are leading us to a glorious future, to a new heaven and a new earth. We'll be able to sit with you in the garden like Adam and Eve did in the beginning and say, Lord, I'm so glad you didn't answer that prayer. It's good to be here, Lord. But as we pray, Lord, and we pray for healing, we do. We pray 
for relief from hardship. We, we pray as Paul prayed to relieve us from the things that burden us. And so, Lord, one thing we do know is that you hear our prayers. We know you do. And we pray for answers. But we will accept whatever you give us because, Lord, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more information on the church or reach out to one of the pastors, please visit our website, www.gebc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day. Thank you.